Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcasts. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to build a strong and resilient European social model capable of addressing current and future challenges, such as deepening social divisions, worsened inequalities, or a growing democratic fragility. Stay with us. It's about your future. We in Europe already enjoy one of the highest levels of social protection in the world. And while this is undoubtedly a unique achievement, the world is changing and our social model needs to adapt too. COVID-19 and the subsequent lockdowns have shaken our lives and our economies. Beyond the health impacts, people lost their jobs or part of their income. Those who kept on working had to do so from home while homeschooling their kids and solving internet connectivity problems or learning how to use Zoom. The rapid uptake of teleworking and online services has boosted digitalization in Europe, but also raised questions and brought new challenges, such as growing inequalities between areas, skills levels, economic and age groups. And let's not forget that Europe is also an aging continent, which puts extra pressure on our pension systems. The EU and its member states have put together a package of measures to help citizens deal with the impacts of the pandemic. But what else needs to be done to ensure we can continue to enjoy the same high social standards in the future? The cornerstone of Europe's social protection model is the European Pillar of Social Rights, adopted in 2017. It aims to ensure equal opportunities and access to the labour market fair working conditions, social protection and inclusion. And it comes with a scoreboard that measures progress across member states. This framework allows the European Parliament and Council to come up with new legislation, for instance, to better protect vulnerable workers and to guarantee access to social protection for all types of workers, including the self-employed. The Social Pillars Action Plan, presented by the European Commission in 2021, sets out concrete initiatives to implement its principles and specific targets for 2030. Let's hear President Ursula von der Leyen presenting the most important targets to EU leaders meeting in Porto in May last year. By the end of this decade, we want at least 78% of adult Europeans that have a job. We want at least 60% of adult Europeans who have training every year. And we must lift at least 15 million Europeans from the brink of poverty, most importantly of all, at least 5 million children. To mitigate the impacts of the pandemic and ensure a sustainable, fair and inclusive recovery for all member states, the European Commission launched in May 2020 a massive recovery plan for the EU – paying particular attention to fighting unemployment, supporting pay transparency and a fair minimum wage, as well as tackling tax evasion. And fostering new skills in education is also part of the plan when building a European social model for the 21st century. So what is the EU doing on this front? Well, the European Commission has put forward several initiatives to fulfil its objective of a European education area by 2025 that provides quality education and training for all. 
Following the publication of the European Skills Agenda and the European Education Area in 2020, the European Commission came up with two key proposals in 2021. They aimed at ensuring that everyone has access to training opportunities that are tailored to their needs throughout life and independently of their job status. And because the pandemic has made clear how essential digital skills are, no matter what you do in life, how old you are or where you live, the new Digital Europe programme and the updated Digital Education Action Plan will seek to improve our digital skills and bring digital technologies to businesses, public administrations and, in general, to all of us. But this increasing digitalization of work and life has raised issues of privacy and data protection. That's why, since 2018, the EU began implementing the new General Data Protection Regulation, the toughest privacy and security law in the world. And because the pandemic has also triggered the largest depression since the 1930s, the EU is determined to ensure that every worker gets an adequate and fair minimum wage. In 2020, the European Commission presented a proposal to this end, which meant to not only protect workers in the EU, but also help to close the gender pay gap, strengthen incentives to work, and reduce in-work poverty. But in the end, it's up to each member state to decide the exact amount of a fair minimum wage, as it is to decide on measures to combat demographic decline, to regulate working conditions, and the social security coverage of workers. And that's because social policy is, primarily, a national competence, even if the EU provides a general direction and financial support to achieve the common objectives. So what more could the EU do? According to the Bruegel think tank, the European Commission could promote consensus among EU countries on the definition of different modes of work, including self-employed workers, so as to better coordinate benefits and social protection measures. We talked to Scott Marcus, Senior Fellow at Bruegel. The proposal to standardize classification and create a rebuttable presumption is a good start, but it's only a start. In reality, most self-employed need more social protection than current member state systems give them. We have a council recommendation that seeks to address this, but implementation in the member states is still quite limited. To be able to continue funding Europe's social protection model, Microsoft has gone as far as to suggest a robot tax to pay for the reskilling of human workers who've lost their jobs due to automation. And bridging the current digital divide is of the utmost importance. While Europe's digital transformation is advancing fast, progress is uneven, with rural and mountainous areas, islands and the outermost regions still lagging behind. Here's Monica Kish from the European Parliamentary Research Service. Speaking about the digital divide, it is important to flag that the concept does not only refer to geographical differences in internet coverage, but also to the fact that not everyone in society has equal access to new technologies. For instance, people who are already at risk of poverty cannot afford adequate digital equipment. There are also generational differences. For example, 80% of young people have at least basic digital skills compared to only 30% of retired people. And to see what the European Parliament has done recently in this field, we've spoken with Sylvie Brunet from the Renew Europe Group. 
the European Parliament has always been supportive of more EU actions in the field of employment and social policy, such as the Directive on Transparent and Predictable Working Conditions, the European Skills Agenda, the Social Dimension of the Recovery and Resilience Facility, or the Initiative Report on Fair Working Conditions, Rights and Social Protection for Platform Workers, adopted in 2021. The European Parliament has also pushed for EU regulation to protect workers' mental health, for example by securing the right to disconnect at specific times of the day, something that's become increasingly difficult since teleworking became the rule. You bet. What's clear is that although social policies are in the hands of member states, the EU has a strong role to play when it comes to building a robust and sustainable European social model for the 21st century. Want to know more? Check out Monica Kish's full policy brief on the EPRS website or in our app. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening.